Uh, if the meeting would come to order, can the clerk call the roll, please? Trustee Miller? Present. Trustee Luganani? Present. Trustee Lawrence? Present. We have a quorum. An excellent beginning. Uh, is there a motion to approve the uh, the minutes of the last meeting? Move. Second. Uh, all in favor, aye. Aye. The motion carries. And uh, that brings us to um, Linda Hurley and the uh, external audit report. If you begin, please. All right. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, we are, our general progress has improved significantly from last year. Good. We are much farther ahead than we were. In fact, we've completed almost all of our field work for the financial statement audit. We are going through the review process right now. So questions are trickling in and we're working with staff to address those questions. Um, there are a couple of a large items that are still pending, but they're still within the timeline that I presented as part of the audit plan. The first being is that we're evaluating the impact of the new pension standard and looking through that and assisting management in putting together the journal entry and how to get um, those amounts recorded. And this also affects the retiree health care as well because there's a portion that relates to the pension piece that we needed to pull out. Uh, the self-insurance analysis, this is your uh, general liability and workers comp. Those actuary reports were just received within the last week. I know management has done an initial assessment and they're going through their internal review and we'll be providing those to us shortly. Uh, the county interagency balances are still being worked on, so we're expecting those in the next couple of weeks, um, that reconciliation, uh, to look at how AHS has recorded items versus the county to ensure that they're in agreement. So there, there's the, the implication is there's some difference between what we believe we owe and what they feel we owe? Not necessarily, but it takes time because the county is going through their closing process right now, so until they complete that as it relates to AHS, we're not going to know the the impact of that. So that that is scheduled, I think, to be done beginning um, or mid next month. And so we have worked that into our timeline. And so we're with, we're still within those ranges that I presented previously. So it's not necessarily there's a difference. We're waiting to see. You have to confirm there's the same. Exactly. Yes. And then finally, once we get those three items completed, we'll be looking at uh, the final net position or the equity position to ensure that it's being reported appropriately. Um, restricted type net position is, is in there and unrestricted and then that related to the capital asset balances. So those are the four big items that we're still pending right now but actively working on. Um, the single audit, we, this is the federal award audit. Our original plan was to do a majority of this work during the financial statement audit. And um, there are some delays in this area. We received the schedule of expenditures of federal awards um, later in the process as we were auditing. And it, actually it was in the last two to three weeks. And I was looking at that and had some questions just with how certain expenditures and programs were being accounted for. We have two questions out externally to two of your grantors to confirm 
some understanding and, and get clarification on certain grant requirements. And I'm re revisiting the grant management process. I think management has identified that there were some issues there, some areas for improvement, and I'm seeing similar things. So we're working through that and revisiting that timeline. So at this point, I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to deliver the single audit within the original timeline, which was with the financial statements in November. Um, but I will get back to you shortly once we identify these. Some of the areas that's affecting this is we have to go through a risk assessment process in terms of selecting programs for testing. And because the count or, or AHS is a high risk entity, and that means last year you had a significant finding in one of your grants and that we actually qualified the compliance opinion, I believe it was related to eligibility, um, that kicks the county into a high risk position under the OMB risk assessment criteria. And that means that we have to test programs that at least cover 50% of the total expenditures that are being reported as federally reimbursable. Right now, I've selected two programs that meet the risk assessment criteria of needing to be selected and tested, and I'm at 49.5%, and OMB does not round up. So there are a few programs that I'm aware of on the schedule that are based on estimates, and I am looking into the methodology of those estimates because as little as a, maybe a $50,000 swing could mean the difference of me testing two programs versus three programs. And there's a lot of effort that goes into this on AHS management and staff side as well as our side. So I'm trying to... Um, limit that effort uh, as much as I can, and I'd really like management to revisit this process. So again, we're revisiting timeline. Uh, the single audit technically is not due to the feds until March 31st. We definitely do not want it to go out that long, but we do have some time to go through and revisit this process and make sure that it's right and staff have good processes in place and we have good information to audit. So we're looking at that right now. But um, the good news is there is no, the single audit itself, the federal expenditures, they're not material to the financial statements. So even if there are some errors that are identified as part of this process, it's not going to have a significant impact to the financial statements. But the materiality level or the significance level on this schedule is a lot lower. We have to look at materiality for each individual program, and the feds have defined that as 5%. So you can imagine, you know, if you have a million-dollar program, 5% of that, it's a very small number in comparison to your overall financial activity. So, again, we're going to look into that, but I can report back to you as soon as we... Um, revisit that timeline. Are you thinking about January as the potential date for your completion? Or you know, I, can I you would, guess yet? I can't guess yet. Okay. I, I'm hoping that it's earlier than that. I don't want it to go any farther than it needs to, and we're very diligent, but I'm trying to readjust my staffing resources as well to see how we can accommodate this. Well, and, you know, as you come up with holidays and employees, right. and so that's what I thought probably. Okay, right. thank you. Okay. Um, the last 
item I wanted to just uh, share with you is we have identified several potential recommendations that we've presented to management as areas of improvement in internal control. Um, to date, we have not identified any material audit adjustments. We're still going through that review process, but our work thus far um, has not come up with anything significant in terms of adjusting the financial statements. But there are areas that I believe um, that need to be addressed that potentially could result in misstatements or compliance deficiencies if not corrected. Um, Many of the areas that we did identify, uh, your senior management has already identified those areas within the last year, going through their risk assessment and just assessment of the right. organization. So these aren't necessarily surprises to management, but as a part of my due diligence, as I identify these things that affect the financial statements, I will be reporting on them. Could, but could could you just give us a couple of yeah, examples sure. of uh, those areas in the financial control so area? One of the areas is uh, capital asset management. And looking at your capital assets, conducting periodic inventory of capital assets and reconciling those to the financial statements. Also developing a policy to determine if assets are impaired that may need to be written off sooner than later so you're not depreciating items that are no longer in use or are obsolete. And that will also help you with uh, replacement programs and identifying costs that may need to be spent sooner than later. Um, another area, and I heard some discussion in the Finance Committee, was just the contracts management process. We've identified several deficiencies there. Um, We've identified a couple of items through sampling within the patient revenue process just on documentation cleanup and making sure that you have appropriate evidence to support uh, conclusions that you've made. And then um, finally, we identified just the process of uh, employee terminations and making sure that that's done timely in terms of system access and, and whatnot there. So, so those are the highlights, and um, we have more details with management, and we'll be having uh, discussions as well as getting our draft write-ups done. And the final thing is, uh, the other piece of our contract is the foundation. And right now, we've completed most of that field work, again, in review. Um, we do have draft financial statements, so we expect that we'll meet that timeline as well. Any uh, questions? Thank you for a good report. Thank you. Let's see, Rick, I think uh, the rest of the meeting then is uh, largely in your hands. Okay, uh, so we'll move to tab three, starting on page 10, and we'll talk about the status of the external financial audit management letter. And there has not been significant change in this. Uh, there's been some corrective action taken on some of these items, uh, but as Linda just mentioned, there's still some uh, issues being identified in uh, some of the hospitals, mostly Alameda or San Leandro, where they're still doing paper, and we had some problems getting the documentation that they needed. So we had corrective action taken. It was taken late in the year. Uh, I don't know if the results of that are because 
they looked at things earlier in the year before this corrective action. Uh, so we're waiting to see how that, that pans out, whether they close this or not. Uh, so, so Rick, you're saying the, 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 this patient record thing is pending who to close it out? Uh, this would be uh, MGO and the I results see. of their audit as to did they think we took satisfactory steps to resolve these items. I see. So from our perspective, it's done. They just need to say done yes. as well. And then yes. it's done. Yes. Got it. Uh, okay, uh, item two, resolving the outstanding checks. That's a November item. Mm -hmm. uh, under the single audit, that was the same as the first finding. Uh, the entity-wide security program, uh, that's been an ongoing issue, and we, we don't have the security manager in place. We've taken other steps, but we want to hear what the auditors have to say about that. And one of the things that I've talked with MGO about is to uh, see if we can work something on these issues to get more specific. Uh, they started out with some global comments. We've taken some actions uh, and done partial corrective action. So if we can close this one and come up with a more specific finding of what needs to be addressed to resolve the issue completely, that would clear some of these older findings. Yeah, if you could just uh, update when when we uh, a due date is passed, if you could identify a new termination date, I think that would be helpful. Yes, I, I need to get that resolved. Yeah, Rick, a couple a couple things too on the report, if if you don't mind. One of the things that I think would be very helpful is when it's completed, the the date that it was due should still remain there so that at least you know how how responsive things are are being if they're seven eight months overdue and it's taken you that long to complete it then it, that's good information for us to know so I would I would keep the the due date on there even though it is complete and and we talked about this earlier is it knowing that we have a very committed and busy staff and uh, I know I know you are as well. Uh, how how do I determine here? What are the things that, uh, on a one to three scale, three being the most critical, or one whatever you choose? I, I don't know. Right now, they all have the same um, seriousness to me. So how do I know which one carries more weight? or which one is more serious to get completed, and what the criteria is that, is it because we're violating a law? Is it because it's a financial impact on us that's so significant we gotta get it? So I don't know how much to worry about something that's not completed. So I would not consider any of these items to be threes based on what we've done to mitigate uh, the overall risk. Uh, for example, the entity-wide security program <clears throat> was kind of hinging on hiring this uh, security manager position, but uh, IT has taken steps to uh, do 
security type reviews and take corrective action on those issues without having the manager position in place. So uh, mitigating action has been taken, uh, so I don't feel overly concerned. However, we do need a more structured program. Uh, <coughs> it's kind of like a compliance. We had pieces in place. We didn't have an overall program. We needed something to pull all that together to make sure we had uh, corporate coverage. Uh, if you look at item, the, the 2010 audit, uh, item number 17, we've done a lot from the IT strategy uh, arena. We have developed that strategy. We did penetration reviews. We did uh, develop a plan for disaster recovery, business continuity, uh, and then the auditor said, well, you didn't test the plan. So we've, we've done a lot of work. We've had some issues that caused us to work the plan, but it wasn't a full-scale test. So I, I think we've done uh, significant corrective action. It's just not enough to totally clear the item. Again, how do I, l looking at this report, how do I, when I, re when I read the write-up, how do I, what's, wh how do I raise or lower my anxiety? So, I mean, if there, because I, I remember Dave talking about this, the, the test, and it broke down, and we tested it because we had to, and so I remember all that conversation, yes. and and it worked, and which was great. I mean, we didn't we didn't test it the way they said we should it, test it. It worked but in that instance. It, yes. In that instance, we found that it worked. But but when you write your report and it says partially complete, is it partially complete and still working? Uh, but no worry. I mean, I'm trying to get a handle on as I read an audit report. So this is the findings from MGO that were in the management letters each year uh, for the last three or four years. Uh, so this is their finding, and I'm giving you uh, a status based on what I'm seeing has been done to correct this issue. And when they give us the uh, final financial report and the management letter, then <coughs> they will give an overall conclusion on each one of these findings and if they think it's been resolved to their satisfaction. Now, I could come in as part of this and give a ranking, a, a one, two, three type ranking to say this is uh, high importance, this is low importance, uh, if that would help the committee to uh, be more comfortable. Okay. Yeah, or, or, or like some, yeah, a bit more color. Yeah, like I'm just repeating what everyone else is Green, red, pink is. As long as you give us a rubric for, you know, like if it's light pink, dark pink, <laughs> how, did you, how did you arrive at the, the specific shade? But, um, 
Yes. That, that's fine. I can do that. Yeah, I think just so we're, when we're reading, like, like, for example, when I, when I saw, wow, fiscal 2010 audit, we're still working on this thing. Yipes, what in the world is going on here? And you know, just, it's natural human reaction. So yes. a little bit more, a little bit of commentary might help. Like, you know, there's one more thing, one more little thing we have to do and we're all set or right. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Harvey balls. Yes. <laughs> it's a code word. Any other questions on the audit? Oh. Just, um, this may be redundant. I thought Michelle had a very good point about keeping the original due date. Uh, I think the idea was cumulative. So we would see, for example, in number 17, that the original due date was June. And if you could then tell us, well, now. June of 2011. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still. Okay, so, so besides, you want to keep an original due date and then update it? Well, then we have a, yeah. yeah. I think so that tells a, a lot more about the scope of the work and. Okay. Uh, its history, its cultural origins. Okay. And our diligence in, in resolving these and taking them off the table. Okay. okay, I think we can move to the next item. Okay, so the status of the uh, fiscal year 2015 internal audit plan, uh, I had one outstanding audit and that was the meaningful use audit. And uh, that has been issued and is in the packet today. So the uh, 2015 audit plan is complete. And I've attached the schedule of the different projects that were worked on and uh, basically the black bar indicates how long it was worked on, uh, but everything was marked off as complete. Very well, thank you. Moving on to the 2016 plan, uh, it doesn't have as many black bars on it because we haven't been working on it that long, but mm. I've started uh, the admit on order audit and the uh, ED charge capture audit, uh, trying to work up the draft report on the admit on order uh, audit now. And I'm considering this to be on time. I think we're, you're looking at this schedule, is that correct? Yes. Which, which, page, which page is that? Uh, 17 of 45? Right. Is that right? Some things actually work better with paper stuff. So I don't think there's any problems with the, the plan this year unless I get too many management requests. Um, how, how do you define meaningful use? Meaningful use? Uh, that it's, would be... All of the measures that were published by Medicare and Medicaid that uh, we have to meet uh, to provide system capabilities, electronic health records, capturing data appropriately, reporting to the government on our progress on those. So we're meaningfully using other. In have to occur. Yeah. Attestations must occur. Yeah. <laughs> Th th this is a this is a provision in the Affordable Care Act. This is a requirement there. It'd probably be helpful to not now, if, unless you can do it in a couple sentences, like 
little primer on what is meaningful use. Well, they, really. they we have a report attached. They did go through oh. to that. I mean, it was pretty oh. comprehensive. Yeah. Maybe too Sorry, comprehensive. guys, but, but no. it's in well, there. You, know, you have a good memory. Thank you. Meaningful Jim, use. Jim, you are correct. Set of standards defined by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Uh, I was interested in some of the some of the budget assumptions that were put in because you're relying on the individuals, particularly in the area of the doctors and others having to go through the stages. Um, how I mean, if everybody does it, I saw what you were forecasting, but are those those aren't in you're not and those aren't in budgets. I mean they're you're not betting that that's going to happen. Okay. It's, it's kind of extra money that we hope to get. Yes. Okay. That that's great if it shows up. I just I I was just concerned that we thought. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. So, were there any questions about the 2016 internal audit plan? And we're moving on to meaningful use. Yeah, um, I do have a follow-up question on meaningful use. And that's, what is your approach to making your audit determinations with respect to our compliance? How do you do that? So I look at the standards that are published and look what uh, the requirements are. And then I go to IT and I say, show me. And I want to see system-generated reports that uh, provide the clinical data that's being asked for by uh, CMS or you know, by Medi-Cal, and to then I look at it to see that it complies with the standard. So if it says 30% of providers must uh, capture age, then I would expect to to identify records that showed that at least 30% of the time the age was captured. Uh, they're supposed to check smoking history. They're supposed to check certain uh, functions and do that routinely. And we should see a database that captures that information and reports <coughs> that roll up that show that we have met that requirement. And, and there are a series of different types beyond that. I mean, that, that's a good example. And, and then there would be other examples that are quite different than that that you would be looking at? Uh, most of it is similar to that. There's different requirements that uh, you do order entry, you do, I mean, I've got the requirements laid out in the report. Uh, well, okay, you can conduct a security risk analysis. That's one of the standards. Uh, but most of them are patient-related that you're going to use uh, automated tools to capture certain data that should improve the quality of health care. Was, was that your example, is that tied to, do, do they bundle those requirements and call it like stage one, stage two, stage three, is that how that is? Mm -hmm. So you're bundling and I, I say, okay, that's what I couldn't figure out what the stages meant. And so it's really a bundling of requirements that they have to do and once they've, once you do that, then you have another another bundle that you have to complete. Is that the idea? Right. Okay. And then it gets tougher and next year it might be 50% and then after that it might be 70%. Uh, it, 
they move stage to stage. But, okay. So there's really two sets of requirements. There's provider-based, and then there's hospital-based. And so uh, based on the work that I did, it looks like we're on track to meet the hospital-based uh, incentives. And I have the schedule in here showing how much we think we were going to get, how right. much we have received. Uh, the physician side is a little bit different because we estimated 200 participants. We calculated out how much we would get. Uh, because there's been some delays in implementing the electronic health records, uh, we haven't been able to meet uh, the, the projected volume. And at this point, I'm saying it's delayed and not lost. However, if we don't get the numbers up closer to the 200, it's, it's a loss. It, it might be $2 million. What, what, what was the date of our uh, uh, beef that we have to get that up? Was there, was there a deadline date of? We have to have the uh, electronic health records in by 2016 okay. in order to meet the maximum uh, So we don't lose the funds? Yeah, yes. to, to begin the process by 2016 for those begin providers. It or, so everybody's got to be in it by, okay. They, they must begin it by then to get the full, all of the payments available to them. When you say begin it, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so there's a, a piece of the process where a physician has to essentially sign up to say, I'm beginning the program. All of our providers qualify under the Medicaid program. Um, so that's a, that program includes a a uh, AIU, which is I, I'm going to buy a system, I'm implementing a system, or I'm upgrading a system is the first year payment of $21,600 available to a provider that says I'm going to do meaningful use. They get that first payment. The year after that, they have to actually attest to, the, to all the criteria that Rick mentioned, similar things, saying I am doing all those things that I said I was, that I needed to do to make, meet meaningful use so they can get that second payment. It's a six-year program, and each year the, the amount of money diminishes, but they must start that process in 2016 to get the full amount of money through 2021 when the program ends. Nice incentive. It uh, nowhere nearly covers the total cost of implementing a system. No, but, but the incentive is for the, the, provide, the doctor to... No, the incentive is for us. Yes, because there are employed physicians. Because there are our employed physicians. Oh, so the money comes. The money comes to, to us. To, to us, and not to the not to the physician. Oh, so in a private oh. practice, in in a commercial, so Alameda Health System or Alameda Hospital physicians in their private practice, they do get that money directly because they spend the money to put a system in place. I see. We don't provide their private offices systems. So these, these, all of these providers are AHS-employed physicians working in our clinics so, or contracted so physicians. So tell me the process to encourage that participation. What have yeah, we there been is, doing? There is no requirement that a physician signs over the payments to us. So it is cajoling to say, wouldn't you like to help us out? Uh, certainly if someone is meeting the criteria, we're, we're working pretty hard with them to say, hey, you, you should sign up for this because you're already doing all the work that needs to be done. All of those that are doing all of the work have signed up. There's others that are not meeting criteria yet that have not signed up. Most of the doctors care enough about the organization and, and the work that we're doing that they sign up because they know it brings us extra money. Is there a, 
are we a scorecard to identify those that haven't and uh, an improvement plan to help them get there in a timely way? Maybe we should send them Valentines. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the finance division has been tracking uh, who is attesting and, and working to sign up uh, the docs to make sure that they do this. And that's really uh, what I was there, interested in. There is in some hand holding to to stick the form in front of them and make sure that they sign it and get the attest attestation in. So yes, transitive verb. Transitive yes. Verb. Intransitive verb. So, and what do you feel the, the risk is of not accomplishing that? Do you feel we're more probable to get everyone signed up and beginning? Or is there, is there a concern that there are those that just are reluctant to take this step? I, I think if we get the uh, EHR in place that uh, the doctors will participate, the majority of them. And it's just a matter of can we get 200 or more uh, signed up and, and doing the attestation on an annual basis. Uh, the problem is that you have doctors coming and going all the time. So the original 200 that signed up or 184 that signed up are not necessarily here anymore. So then you've got to start working with a new set of doctors to get them signed up. Who, who does that? Finance. Dave in his spare time. So. Okay. Any other questions about? No. Go, go ahead. Not exactly, uh, meaning, please. Are there any other provisions of the Affordable Care Act that have the same kind of magnitude that require inspection, audit, stuff like that? Well, disrupt. It's, it's, it's not part of that, but I mean, it's a similar type program. I don't think there's anything that's part of affordable care. Uh -huh. uh, DISRIP has incentive payments based on right. meeting some of the similar type requirements. But Even if it's not exactly money, just, are there other things related to you know, compliance or implementation of the Affordable Care Act that are worthy of your attention? Probably. I, and I haven't gotten Thank there you. yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just, just one last comment on this one. Uh, it, would it make sense to consider recruiting internally a physician to work with the physicians to accomplish this as opposed to someone in the finance area doing that? Yeah, it is a multi-pronged approach. So Dr. Howard Landa, our chief medical information officer, is also working with physicians to get them signed up. Patty Porter is a, is a nurse that we have in our ambulatory system that her job is the director of ambulatory EHR. So she's working with physicians as well to get them, encourage them to sign up, work with them on using the system better, more effectively to meet those meaningful use requirements that they have to do. Because there are certain documentation things they have to do to meet requirements that are essentially optional. Right, recording of smoking status is an optional field yet required under meaningful use. And so if they're not recording that, they wouldn't be able to attest. And I was concerned about physicians who aren't using it at all. Did I understand that correctly? Well, yeah, that's in the, in the Highland-based specialty clinics. We have not installed the electronic system yet. So they don't have an opportunity. So they don't have an opportunity yet to do that. And so our plan is to roll that out over the next eight months. Yeah, I was just going to ask what the progress is on yep. that in the next eight months then, huh? Yeah. 
And what about the, did the commitment to change the MU audit structure? I, I saw that you had a recommendation in there that they were committed to put a new organizational structure in place for the MU audit documents. Uh, right. And it was to get done August 31st and and? And I don't know yet. Uh, I was working with the team to make sure that we did this. The, the project manager for Meaningful Use changed two or three times over the last three years. Change into what? Uh, <laughs> different people. Different people. Different people? Yeah. Yes. Well. Uh, and each person started their own uh, documentation files instead of uh, building on the previous one. And so when we started asking for the documentation, it was kind of like, well, that one's over here, this one's over there. And, and uh, it turned out to be a lot like the DISRIP audit where I said, we need to keep one central file. Here is uh, the repository, get all the documentation in one place so that if we ever get audited, somebody can come in and you don't have to rely on people's memory of where these things are. So I have not followed up on that yet to make sure that it got completed. Uh, that's on my task list okay. this time. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh, why don't you go ahead to the next agenda item. Okay. Uh, the next one would be follow-up on past audit reports. Uh, so as I finish each one, I put it on this schedule and keep it on here until everything is done. Uh, so the system access audit, we have one outstanding finding, finding that is due in 2016. Uh, so I'm not doing anything on that one yet. Uh, the workers' compensation audit has been completed and we'll drop off the schedule next time. Uh, we had uh, Jeanette report about that last meeting and the work that they had done. Uh, what, I, I will ask this time, what, uh, what page are you on now? I'm on page 31. So the 11, 17, and 18 were still, what, what are those on the compliance for provider program objectives? Oh. You've got yes, yes on everything. So you're still looking at meaningful I, I, use? I'm sorry. Should I move? Uh, uh, so there were a couple of open items on that, which is uh, relating to some of the uh, I, I reasons why we don't have meaningful use incentives yet. So we moved on. We are on page 31. And as I said, the workers' compensation audit has been completed. Follow-up has uh, been done on each item. Uh, they are all resolved, and so I will be dropping that off the list next time. Uh, the charge capture implant audit has been completed. Uh, the surgery area has taken sufficient action to resolve all the findings. Oh, OR. Uh, charge capture surgery, I've got one outstanding item, and that is for uh, proper capture of anesthesia fees, and that's still being worked on. And the ACERA pension review, 
those are all 930 dates. I know that corrective action has been implemented on most of them, but I haven't done the official follow-up, so I can't close them yet. Uh, but they should be dropping off of there on the next uh, report or be shown as complete. Uh, disposal of IT assets. I have a couple of items that were due 831, and I have not done the follow-up yet. Uh, the other one is a 2016 finding. And the meaningful use I've just added to the list. Uh, the record documentation retention policy we're, I'll, I'll be following up on shortly and uh, have a report on that for the next meeting, as well as the patient portal. Another busy man. Mm -hmm. Oh, change in reporting methodology. I need that. So I will be following up on all those for the next meeting. Okay. Okay, compliance program report. My compliance program, uh, the infrastructure is materially complete. Uh, I've reported on that the last few months. I gave you the uh, different components of the plan, of the program, and, and how I had met those. So I'm moving off of that. Uh, I will talk about the compliance dashboard. Uh, it's in your packet. I can do it overhead if you want, but it's because it's pretty. <laughs> but... As you can see, we've, uh, the number of reports has continued to increase. Uh, second quarter, we had 21 new reports. Are those Third hotline quarter, reports, or what, what are those when you get a report? You're talking about the privacy reports here? No, this would be com compliance. The what constitutes uh, a report? Okay. Anytime somebody tells me there's a compliance issue or they call the hotline, uh, website, uh, whatever, to say that there's something that I need to work on. Uh, an example would be we had one of our RNs that uh, came up for recertification. Nobody noticed. Uh, they had a clerical error. She assisted at in some, I guess she was a mid-level. She assisted in some surgeries that she wasn't supposed to be doing. I had to go back and look at the claims to say we can't be submitting those claims for somebody that wasn't certified to do that service. Uh, luckily, two of them hadn't been billed. The other two had been rejected. So we resolved the issue. We made sure she got certified before she did any more services. Uh, so we continue to have issues similar to that. It might be an HR issue. Uh, it could be something that's a billing issue. Uh, but each time one of those gets reported, then I have to investigate, uh, determine what corrective action is needed, work with management to resolve the item. Well, Rick, is there is there some standard that um, about how many a hospital would you see I when I see increases it 
the, the other frame of mind that you can look at is that people are becoming more vigilant about the work they're doing. And so as a result, they don't want to have these errors, and so they're bringing them to the attention and they're raising them. So is there some um, guideline here that tells you, like, if we're not getting any reports, I would worry. And if yes. you're getting too many, you worry. But what? so where's the the balance so that the compliance program is new I've uh, put in the hotline I've done the uh, education uh, did the email blast made the program known and so a lot of these things are because people now feel they have an avenue to report issues and things are coming to me to work and and it would be maybe because they're uh, more diligent about reporting these things. It might be because they felt uncomfortable reporting it through their chain of command because they feared okay. retaliation. If I, if I could interrupt, I think that the question is a little bit different, which we, under, we understand that. I think the question is something like, what would be, in your view, a reasonable volume of matters coming to you? How do we how do we tell if we're getting more than we should or fewer than we should? And we realize it's new, but you know, a year from now, do you, do you have any benchmarks that tell you what feels about right for an organization of this size? So that, the benchmarking that I got from uh, the people that run the hotline is that you should get, uh, for a company our size, it should be about 25 a year. The 25 hotline calls. 25 hotline calls. Uh, based on their experience with similar size uh, companies. Now, because the program is new and uh, items like this have not been reported before, I think it's going to uh, be high for a while and then it's going to level off and we should see a, a decrease in that, but only time will tell. So the numbers at the bottom, the 25, indicate calls? Is that the idea? On the compliance report that you did, you have 0, 5, 10, 15? Oh, that would be the number of, of reports. Uh, so I don't track just calls. I track reports. So I might get an email. I might get somebody coming to my office telling me about an issue directly. Uh, I consolidate all that as a compliance report. Now, I could go back and break it out by uh, hotline calls to track, but uh, I think uh, Well, at, at some point, is and, and I understand meaningful. it's new, Kirk, Kirk, I think, captured what I wanted to say, but at some point you're going to have to make a determination of what is a reasonable volume so that you have something to measure against. So this doesn't serve any purpose unless you can measure it against some standard. So what I'm trying to demonstrate here, besides the number of reported issues, is the type of issues that are being reported. Uh, so you've got the center left graph uh, saying compliance issue type. Uh, I'm getting a lot of HR issues reported. I'm getting a lot of billing issues reported. Those are the two dominant types. Uh, I'm looking at by location to see <clears throat> if anything stands out there. Uh, the one thing that's surprising about location is 
none from Alameda Hospital. But I've got some from every other uh, division of the company. And so that's kind of surprising to me. And what conclusion did you draw? <coughs> I'm, I'm concerned that they don't know about the program and that I need to meet with management to make sure that they got all the communications that the rest of the organization got because there's been no calls. Okay. And, and in fact, I've talked to several members of management that they said, well, what compliance program? I'm like, oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> can I, can I just interject one comment? What's uh, uh, that supervisors, trustees? Um, I think the, the question about context and, and sort of frame of reference is, is a reasonable question. And I, I uh, acknowledge uh, Rick's <coughs> response that some external entity has said, based off of the size, which I imagine is an FTE size, um, uh, that there's a you know, reasonable or a sort of a rough amount on an annual basis. I would, I would look at that a little bit leery. I think in, in, in areas, my experience in areas like this is, is that unfortunately your only benchmark is really internally and based off of your own experience and trajectory so so because it's relatively new to us i think we'll we'll build an experience base over time and, and he's absolutely i think right uh with respect to looking at sort of aspects of the organization so you want to you want to see a robust enough program where over time you've seen some <coughs> evidence that people are concerned about uh, uh, potential compliance matters across the enterprise and so the relative number of that will fluctuate up and down. It could be based off of some experience. Uh, the, the individual numbers are, are also contingent on, let's say it was one matter, but 20 different people called on it. So it's just, there's a lot of different variables about it. When you talk about the size of an organization, the complexity of the organization also plays into it. Uh, recent sort of things like acquisitions and culture, all, all of that, I think plays into it. So my, my point would be, I think um, the better way to kind of, um, uh, view this would be to look at it inwardly and to to expect over time that we'll be able to kind of look at the numbers and dissect what are just your exact question to him what do you draw from what you're seeing here as sort of internal to our own experience okay thank you so and much as we have uh, more experience i think our year-to-year -year comparison can yeah. be pretty meaningful mm -hmm. as well so just and, and keep track of that that you make based on what you see here that would be helpful to you I was okay. going to say, if to the extent that we do, you know, employee polling, you know, a question or two about, you know, are you aware of the compliance program? Would you be willing to use it if you had a concern? Might um, that I think might give some useful information as well, right? It's like you know, two, you know, it's like a very low percentage are aware of it, or a very low percentage are willing to use it for whatever reason. That might give you some clues about right. how potentially effective it, it is. Right. So. And, and one other point I'd add is, 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 is uh, another way to look at this too is uh, sort of when you look on the risk side or experience with sort, sort of um, adverse events, whether it's from the clinical side or, or you know, litigation, all, all sorts of things, is it is a useful tool to tie back to your compliance program to see if you've set, yes. had trends there mm -hmm. and whether we're, we're not robustly using an opportunity to catch things a lot sooner than, than before they become major issues. Okay. okay. Uh, the next page was the privacy compliance dashboard. And again, we've had a number of issues reported. Uh, it, 
looks like uh, the trend might be a little bit more <clears throat> this month than last, or this quarter than last, because we've already got 19 after two months, and last quarter we had 24. Uh, we're, we're seeing a, a lot of uh, issues being reported that aren't really HIPAA violations, but people are concerned, so they're reporting things, which is good. Uh, we have to investigate and make sure that it isn't an issue. Uh, we have a number of unauthorized disclosures or misdirected faxes, and we take care of those. We do some educational opportunities and make sure that people understand that you've got to check the fax number before you fax. Uh, <laughs> well, so yeah. no, no real big issues, though, on the HIPAA privacy right. side. Okay. So for no questions, we'll talk about the compliance plan. Uh, so I think we're on time. We're working through the issues. Uh, if you look at the uh, page 39, uh, the project schedule, uh, most of the top items are completed. Uh, the first four were pretty much the build out of the program done. Uh, the compliance training, we're doing some of that now. I've met with a number of groups around the company and talked about the compliance program and what their responsibilities are. I need to get out to more groups, uh, including Alameda Hospital, uh, to make sure that they're aware of it. Uh, but the real training comes later in the year when we roll out the compliance module. I have built that uh, of working with HR to get that incorporated in the annual competencies so that they can track that every employee takes it. And that will go through the whole uh, business of what compliance is, does, how to report issues, what their responsibilities are, et cetera. Rick, I'm new to the audit committee. So wh where did these compliance things, where did they come from? I mean, is this something that management said, we want you to check these? Is this part of a requirement? I mean, where, where did this list of compliance projects, where did it come, where did it emanate from? Uh, so there's seven requirements of an effective compliance program. Uh, that was developed by the Office of Inspector General, okay, and so that's what CMS uses okay. to show that you have an effective uh, plan. Thank you. And I used that as the model for building my compliance plan or program here. Okay. Uh, so it's making sure you have policies, making sure you have a okay. hotline, that you have a, a compliance officer, et cetera, that, Thank you. that you're following up. So uh, I just outlined most of those steps as the first steps on the plan, and then I've got additional uh, items that I want to review as part of an ongoing compliance program, similar to the audit uh, plan, where I will go in and look at uh, certain operations to make sure that we're uh, in compliance with any regulatory guidance. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, Current regulatory activity on page 40. So uh, we've got two audits that are going on right now uh, by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA. Uh, 
And uh, one of these, they came in and looked at our FQHC status. they identified a few areas of concern, uh, which would be the quality improvement or quality assurance plan, billing and collections, uh, inaccurate HRSA documents, and the board authority. So they, they are looking at uh, more board activity uh, for over this function, over the FQHC. Uh, we don't have an official report yet. This was just uh, a verbal comment at the exit conference. We're expecting uh, more uh, of a, a formal report that we will be responding to, and I will be tracking uh, corrective action on that uh, as part of this committee. The next one, the HRSA 340B audit, uh, we just got notified of that. We had the entrance. We're gathering documents right now and uh, we'll be having that uh, late October and again I will be tracking that uh, through this committee uh, the past activity we had the OIG uh, request for uh, information relating to our uh, meaningful use program and there's been no activity since I gave them the information uh, the next thing would be the SOA projects uh, issue status, and there's been no change on this since uh, the last meeting, uh, which would be the hiring of a security officer. So I'll work with Dave on how to resolve this issue and close this out, and uh, once we do that, I think and, and we do the security penetration review. This one will will be done. Okay. Next, I had the annual calendar. Uh, our next meeting is scheduled for November seventeenth. Uh, we should have the final uh, financial statement and management letters for that meeting, and my basic report. So. Uh, I, does that conclude your report? Then? Yes. I, I want to thank you again for another uh, thoughtful and uh, detailed report covering a lot of important uh, areas of uh, operations. Thank you. I just want to congratulate Del Vecchio for holding up for two meetings. He just <laughs> He's now gotten his, gotten a taste, and he has a board meeting to go yet. So. Yeah. He's been indoctrinated, yes. yes. Well, remember, he, he's been working at the local government level, which... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he hasn't turned his badge in yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't been asked for one more importantly. <laughs> Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you,